that was that one time we recorded in your bedroom when there were fire. Was it fireworks or the party? Yes. The neighbor's party. And we couldn't hear shit. And it was so hot because it was summertime. So hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I died. It was, I think it was an Emily in Paris episode, It was. Too. It absolutely yeah. was. I remember that vividly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, good times. It also feels like it's been ages. I'll, I'll be honest. I forgot we were doing this tonight. Well, more so, I forgot that it was Saturday. Okay. I haven't really known what day of the week it is in, like, a very long time. <laughs> I've just been so, so out of it. Yeah, I can imagine. And let me tell you, I watched this movie last week. So So did I. And I just said to Alberto, I'm like, this is going to be a disaster because this is going to be rough. (laughs) I I watched it. It was one of the last things I did before I was struck down by strep throat. So I have a very vague recollection. And so I'm just going to have to like read my notes real quick. Thank God I took notes. So yeah, same. And I also did some research that I hope I took notes on because I had so many questions about like who did this that (laughs) I went to the internet (laughs) as soon as the movie was over and I was like, I need, I need answers. Oh my God. That's so funny. But yeah, so this is like, and I refuse to do a rewatch. Oh, you know. I was like, I'm not doing that. No, no, thank you. I mean, honestly, it was not as torturous as some of the other movies we've watched, but it felt like a really long 90-minute movie. It did. And I kind of was waiting, like, for, you know, all right, where are we getting at? Something to happen. (laughs) Yeah, like, um, is there going to be some positive outcome here? Like, what what were we wanting the outcome to be, kind of? Right. Sort of. Yeah. So... This is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this week we are covering Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. That's quite a mouthful of a title. And it's one of those ones that I've messed up a couple of times in various ways when I've tried to tell people about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, avocado women in the cannibal jungle? No, that's not right. There's avocados involved and cannibals and women and... So one thing I will say about this movie is that it's very obviously satire. Yeah, it makes fun of itself. Exactly. They know they're being ridiculous. So that always helps a little bit with a movie like this because if they're not taking themselves too seriously, then we don't have to take them too seriously. Mm -hmm. However, I wasn't sure throughout this movie if I should be empowered or offended because I felt both ways at every various turn and I just didn't really understand I was like what did this movie do for women (laughs) I I, I mean I think it had it tried I think because right like I kind of left it thinking you know is that the road to feminism I was thinking of probably not oh god and even like the bunny of it all oh yes that kind of drove me insane because i felt that that was a a stretch and like that's where they lost me because yes it was a weird side quest it was a very strange thing to throw in there and then i I will say i did like at the end of the movie that they kind of reinforced the point of feminism isn't just about wanting 
to hate all men and be in the workforce Mm -hmm. and not stay at home. You know, feminism is about the choice and being able to decide if you want to be a housewife or if you want to be a nuclear physicist or, you know, whatever else. Right. So I appreciate that. And that's always been like an important thing to me as a woman is just making that clear that feminism is just about being able to choose. If I want to stay at home, I should be able to. But if I also want to go to work, I should be able to do that too. But I think... (laughs) This movie has a really difficult time not playing into the stereotypes that cause those divisions. And it was so hard for me to accept it all as satire because they're still making fun of Bunny throughout Mm -hmm. the whole movie as being this ditzy. I wear pink all the time. I brought two suitcases to the jungle. I have no idea what's going on at any moment. They do this very airhead, obnoxious version of Legally Blonde with her, I feel like. But she never has sort of like a moment of, hey, I've discovered my value. Because even at the end of the movie... I was going to say, it came very close, but didn't hit. When she's making her decision to get married and do that life instead of the academic life, she has to ask permission from this teacher. Yeah, she doesn't (laughs) She doesn't even know if that's the right thing to do. So, like, what have we done here with Bunny? We've done nothing. Nothing. I mean, like, again, it came close... And we'll get there. But we tried to do something here, and I just don't know if it ever did it. Like, it could have turned her around, I think, but it just ended up... I mean, that whole decision alone was weird. They introduced a lot of random elements that I think took time and attention away from those more core elements. And I think that really made the movie suffer quite a bit in terms of what the message was, what we were doing here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, when we get to it, but there was one part that I was kind of, like, annoyed at, because I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. When yeah. we get to the Donahues, I, I'm annoyed oh. at the Donahues, that whole scene. That, <sighs> yeah. So, okay, let's, let's rewind. I guess we'll go, we'll go in start order. in the beginning. Guacamole Films presented this movie. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> uh, this is very, very heavily avocado filled yeah they really emphasize that so yeah the opening scene is kind of and i'm so glad that they eventually draw the direct reference to the jungle cruise in disney because that's all i could think of when i was watching this opening scene but there are these two guys and they're looking for avocados and they hear a noise and they go to investigate and they find this waterfall and all these really beautiful women. Some of them are boobs topless. Everywhere. Yeah, boobs, boobs, boobs are just bathing in this waterfall. And one of the guys is like, "Yoo-hoo, ladies. <laughs> and one of the women just shoots him with arrows immediately, kills him dead. The other guy runs off and like it's a long chase scene. It's like unnecessarily yeah. long. But they do eventually catch up with him. And I guess we're meant to believe that they also kill him. Yeah. So that's how we open up. So right. we're to get the to get the idea that this avocado jungle is dangerous. Don't go there. You know, especially if you're a dude. Yes. And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm thinking, OK, so where do we think this jungle is going to be? Where geographically is this movie going to be set? Because where normal jungles are. R- right. Yeah. Like. South South America. America. Thank you. Okay. So (laughs) keeping that in mind, we immediately cut to our main character, Dr. Margot Hunt. 
correct? Yes. Yes. And she is teaching a class on feminism. She is the feminist studies department chair, whatever. And, you know, she's talking about feminism throughout history and how it kind of manifested itself in different cultures. So after her class is over, Bunny comes up to her. She's super psyched. She's like, I fucking love this class. It really pumps me up. I'm a home economics major, but I really think I want to change my my major to feminist studies. And she's like, "Mm, I don't think that's a great idea. It's like really kind of rude because like. Right. She's complimenting you and she's. Right. And she's inspired. She was inspired by your lecture. She's obviously the kind of woman who needs to learn a little bit more about feminist studies. Yeah, needs that that guidance there. And right. She's just like, Bunny, you're just like not a good fit. And and like it's so it's so rude. It's like very annoying. But <laughs> while this is happening, she gets approached by government officials. Right? Like internal affairs, something like that. Well it's it's actually well, avocado affairs. <laughs> yes. Yes, I wrote this down. The National Security Commission of Avocado Affairs. So that's mm-hmm. when you know, like, this movie is not taking itself seriously. That's no. the immediate sign. So they have this meeting, and for some reason, Bunny is allowed to attend. Because this feels to me like a little bit of a security clearance type scenario where, you know, yeah. maybe not the general public should know about it. So they're telling Dr. Hunt that there's a problem, there's an avocado shortage, and these avocado jungles that exist in Southern California are being terrorized by this group. But she says they're like legend, right? Like she doesn't even really say that they exist or. Right. She's making it seem like it's just like, you know, those stories that are made up. Right. The cannibal women. You know, yeah. And made it like way more crazier than it should be over the years. And Right. But she also kind of made it seem when she talked about it, it felt like she made it seem like she's experienced them before. Or she's studied them, which I right. I was confused because they made it sound like this tribe of cannibal women was a dramatic offshoot of the far, far, far left of feminist politics in that they just believed we don't want anything to do with men to the point where they ritually sacrifice men and eat them as beef jerky with guacamole. So just let that sink in for a second. And I thought that that meant that they were kind of like a modern group of feminist women that Mm. decided, fuck this, we're going to go live in the jungle and we're going to kill dudes if they ever come upon us and eat them. So it was (laughs) strange to me to discover that this was like a thousands old generation because when we meet them... And then we find out that they have a rival tribe. They're like, yeah, we've, we've been brawling for thousands of years. And it's like, thousands of years? Like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, just that particular jungle and being yeah. cannibals on top of it. Like, there's feminism and then there's cannibalism. And I think there's actually a quote later that says something like, um, anything short of cannibalism is beating around the bush. <laughs> Which, I mean, sure, but, I mean, it's not the solution to what we're looking at here. Right. I mean, yeah, you're talking about, like, genocide if you want to say that, like, men just shouldn't exist or they should Mm -hmm. only exist for women's. Okay, but anyway, so they're telling her all of this because they want her to go into the jungle, negotiate with the cannibal women because (laughs) they want to extract them from the jungles and transport them to a condo association in Miami, 
where they can just continue to do their sacrificial rituals and be their weird avocado worshiping selves and just not in the avocado jungles where we need to get our avocados. Yeah. So it sounds like a great plan. They need to get their avocados in peace and they can't do it if right. they're being threatened by getting eaten. Which, yeah, it's all it's all very silly. So at first, Margot refuses. She's like, fuck this. No interest. Because they had sent another academic professor. Yeah, Dr. Kurtz. Dr. Kurtz. They had sent her and she never came back. And they were like, oh, yeah, that was like, oops. So then they threaten her funding, essentially. They're like, we'll stop mm-hmm. funding your college, your university. And then the dean is like, oh, well, then you have to go. After putting up that really fake yeah, speech. speech. Of how he will stand by his teachers and whatever. Stupid. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I'm just... Along for the ride? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? I feel like yeah, I'm, no, talk- I'm, I'm talking too much. No, no, you're you're actually doing way better than I. Oh my! Well, like I took notes point. in like plot versions, so like it's not just okay. my thoughts. It's like okay, here's what happens next. So of course, because Bunny was part of this random meeting, she's like, "Let me come with you. I want to come. This will be awesome." And Margo's like, "No, da- absolutely not. Fuck that." But then she walks away, and then this frat guy. <laughs> this was the I bounces off to Bunny. <laughs> reason to have her come but okay. so fucking stupid and i wrote the the actual quote down but anyway this oh, rap good. boy is like you gotta come to our kegger this weekend it's gonna be super great we're gonna have a wet t-shirt contest and she's like all my t-shirts are dry, dry. oh my god it's just like a fucking idiot so Margot's overhearing all of this and then she finally comes back and she's like absolutely not you'll be safer in the jungle and it's like okay there's no way this is allowed. No. How could you bring what I'm assuming is like an 18, 19 year old student with you into the jungle on a mission that's very obviously like dangerous, considered yeah. dangerous. And like, why would they? Uh, whatever. I also found it funny that the feminist department has their own Jeep. Oh, my God. And it's like a Jeep Wrangler. And it was fucking stupid because they like, why would they need that type of vehicle in feminist studies, first of all? Right. Unless they were really planning a lot of jungle. Well, even for this particular journey, they drive to the edge of the of the woods and right. then they get and, and they're, they're like, well, we got to walk from here. And it's like, well, then what the fuck was the point of having a four wheel drive vehicle like that? Uh, that made no sense. They did make it a joke that it didn't take long for them to get to the jungle because it was yeah. literally like right near Beverly Hills or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They do have to make a stop first, though. They do. Because they need to pick up a mercenary, obviously. So this bar is, like, fully populated with men. There's, like, not Mm -hmm. another woman in sight. It's also middle of the day, mind you. Right. Probably during the week, which I found interesting. A Tuesday morning, probably. Uh Uh-huh. So men start lining up for consideration and it's like all these really stereotyped kind of macho men. So, like, a Vietnam War vet. A ninja, a ninja, a wrestler whose name is the Black Masked Avenger, which is yeah. something else. But once they find out what they're doing and where they're going, all these men are like, mm, nope, sorry, um, nope. can't help you. Their dick shriveled up. Let me tell you, when I found out that the male lead in this movie was Bill Maher, I damn near fell out of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I I felt very betrayed <laughs> by this movie <laughs> for doing this to me. Honestly, 
you have the gorgeous Shen in Tweed. Yes. She is fucking hot as, oh my god. And, you know, Bunny's gorgeous, and then we're dealing with fuck. I mean, I know he's supposed to be that, like, sarcastic sidekick asshole, but... Yes. Oh my he's god. The, he's the butt of a lot of jokes. Yes. Still. Which I appreciated. Yeah, I mean, and I think that was the intention of the movie, again, in their way of trying to stick with the feminist theme of being like, here's your traditional patriarchal type man, but Mm -hmm. look at what a fucking idiot he is. Right. Which is fine. I'm okay with doing that. But I also felt like his character was so much more likable than Margot's, even though I agreed with her on everything. (laughs) I was still kind of like, why do I dislike you? And it's just, it's that thing that our culture and society has designed where like smart, intelligent women are viewed as less fun, less interesting, less exciting. And like, here you have this goofball idiot over here. And I'm like, why do I like your character so much? You're an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, he was an asshole, but he was definitely enjoyable. He made the movie watchable, I think. Yeah. Because he brought the comic relief to the situation. And I almost felt like it was giving him too much credit is, I guess, my problem with it. (laughs) He's dressed like Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, like, he's ready for the part. He's ready. Yeah. And he he and Margot had a... One night stand. stand. The way that he talks about it, you think that they... So butthurt about it. That they were dating for months or years or whatever, and she callously broke his heart. But no, they had one night together. She left the morning after because it was over. But like, he keeps trying to convince her that it was more than what it was. And the annoying thing is like, sometimes it seems to work. And it's like, what are you teaching us, movie? What is this lesson we're learning? Right, like, oh, men could have a soft sign. But also, that's it's just not how the patriarchy works. (laughs) Because men do get butthurt about this kind of thing. But this is not how they express it. It's not in like a whiny, petulant, like you still love me kind of way. It's like a bitch, you're gonna love me. I'm gonna stalk you until you feel really uncomfortable and have to change your phone number and address. Yeah. <laughs> like the, that's the dangerous, like I think they made a joke out of toxic masculinity when it can actually be a very scary yeah. thing. So maybe that's like part of where I was like uncertain of how I was feeling throughout. So Margot finally agrees to let him lead their exhibition for $50. <laughs> So that's a great payday right there. So they drive to the jungle. Bunny looks like Dora the Explorer in her little pink outfit. (laughs) Oh, what's his name? Jim, right? Yeah. Jim. Jim has a pina colada in his canteen, (laughs) (laughs) which I unfortunately laughed out loud. I was like, God damn it. That was funny. And Bunny finds a leopard in the middle of this jungle and goes to pet it. Yeah. You know what's kind of funny, though? I probably would have wanted to as well because it looked. Well, it looked pretty docile. It did. And I was like, okay, this one I would totally approach and cuddle with and (laughs) boop its nose. Yeah. I mean, if not friend, why friend shaped? Yeah, it's it was so cute. It was very cute. But I mean, it, it ends up fine. Then we get to like, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, because I, I was just going to say the budget was able to afford only one live animal. <laughs> oh, because we don't see the hippo. We don't see the hippo. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, 
<laughs> There's a whole hippo attack scene in the boat, and we, we get to don't see, see nothing. It. We don't even get to see this fucking hippo. But what, we just have to take their word for it that it wasn't right. Hippo. That it was real scary. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. I had to make that point there. One of my favorite scenes was when Jim mansplains the map to them and like the direction of where they are and like where the river is based on the stars and his handy dandy map or whatever and then he goes to take a piss and he walks like right into the river because it's not at all where he thought it was right and it's just like I mean that's pretty classic that's yeah. a, that's true to life and then the next scene Bunny is ironing his pants <laughs> because <laughs> With an actual she, iron. She brings all this stuff with her. Like, it's ridiculous. She has, like, a hair dryer and, like, all kinds of crap. It's like, I don't know what you thought. And, like, Jim has the boom box because they hear harmonica playing when they're in the tent. Or, like, I guess they're leading us to believe it's Jim, but it's actually Jim's boom box. <laughs> this feels like, um... Like a Mel Brooks movie sometimes. Yeah. That's how hokey and over the top the comedy is. So while Margot and Bunny are in the tent together, they have like a little heart to heart. Yeah, which turns into whole. Bunny yeah. reveals something about herself, which is like a little bit too personal. Like sex preferences. She wants to be tied up and paddled with licorice mm-hmm. whips yeah. while singing bolero or listening to bolero very specific very specific and it's something that actually does come back later yeah surprisingly like the next scene and at the end well at the end but also the next scene we have right yeah (laughs) all of a sudden jim is has licorice whips in his bag and is eating them Mm -hmm. and then starts humming bolero and bunny's like oh my god like she immediately is like wet like it's (laughs) And he's making like chewing noises. Like they really like to emphasize the fact that, like, okay, which she her he's her gross. dream is so far coming yeah. true in gym. And uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. And let's, I guess, ignore the fact that there's probably a significant age gap between oh, them. I was I trying mean... to figure that out, like just in general. And I'm like, well, I mean, if he's kind of the professor's age, right? And then she's got to be, I would say, like at least late twenties early 30s as the professor right so there's a good like 10 12 years on potentially depending on what year bunny is in Mm -hmm. if she's a freshman she could be 18 right or even 17 i started college at 17 since my birthday is so late Mm. anyway so okay at some point margo because obviously jim is trying to get her to like be with him again right and margo basically admits that She's scared to be with men because she's worried that, like, she'll feel emotionally dominated by the man or that the man will feel emotionally dominated by her and it'll just be, like, a whole disaster. Mm -hmm. Again, this is one of the moments where I felt really conflicted about, like, what this movie was trying to do because I feel like that's damaging to associate being a feminist with any sort of emotional hangups that women have. Yeah. I think the movie trying to imply that some women use feminism as a shield because they are personally complicated about how they feel about men. I think that is not as true as men want it to be. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I think it's definitely- I think that's what men tell themselves because they're just like, oh, you're a feminist because you're afraid that I'm going to hurt your feelings or like you can't handle being in a relationship or you can't handle commitment, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's not 
that's not what feminism is about. <laughs> no, it's so. really not. And there's there's layers, and that's not. It's it's just. Yeah, I just think it confuses what the movie is trying to say about feminism. Like it, this whole thing, the fact that they were ever romantically involved makes no sense, really. No, I mean it makes sense that it was a a one night stand after a night of whatever you know like that makes sense but right the fact that he spends most of the movie trying to like win her back or whatever I guess it provides a comedic element but they don't end up getting back together in the end and so like what was the point of of that and it really just seems to be proof that Margot's feminist beliefs don't actually stem from a belief that equality is important for women but just the fact that she might get hurt in a relationship and that's why she's a feminist. <laughs> yeah, they don't necessarily coincide. No. <laughs> so I don't know why they, they... So anyway, they find a wrecked motorboat and they fix it up so that they can go down the river faster. This is the point at which they get attacked by a hippo yeah. and we don't get to see it. We only hear it roar because hippos definitely roar. Like that's yeah. obviously a sound that they would make and we're just like waiting for things to happen and then all of a sudden they start getting potholders thrown at them yes from i was gonna the say banks. I, I forgot if they were falling on them or being thrown at them i think they were being thrown but we couldn't see who was throwing them. right and it was yeah and it was legit like crocheted potholders right so they they park the boat and they get out and they're like following a trail of There's so like many poorly, of them. <laughs> yeah, poorly knitted potholders. <laughs> and they finally find the camp of the Donahues. So um, go ahead and tell us why you hate them, Don. Um, I don't <laughs> I mean, I don't hate them necessarily. I hated this scene because it starts where it's the whole role reversal thing. So the Donahues are basically men who are doing the quote unquote roles of women of cooking, cleaning, you know, making potholders, what have <laughs> right. you. Right. Um, catering to companies. Yes. Yeah. You know, and right. at first it seems cute and whatever. <laughs> then Bill Maher comes out and yeah. uh, <laughs> does his thing. And then Bill Maher. <laughs> and then Bill Maher comes out. Yeah, because then Jim is just, as much as he's in a way enjoying being catered to, he's like, wait a minute. No, that's not how men act. That's not how our men are supposed to act. I'm going to teach you. And then he just conveniently has tons of beer. And he's like, you're going to drink right, this yeah. beer and you're going <laughs> to say, hey, sexy mama. Hey, love machine. Right. I'm like, who the he fuck He teaches wrote this? them. How to be men, yeah, which means catcalling women yep. and being disrespectful and just guzzling beer. That that's that was Correct. the whole thing, and I'm like, this is that I, that just pissed me off because again, I know they're making fun of themselves, and this whole movie is literally about gender roles at this point. But damn, that just was the stereotypical well, bullshit that I was just like, wow, it's been going on since forever. <laughs> Yes, but the most upsetting part about this is they once again kind of make a joke about a lamp just fell. Hold on. On its own. Yeah. I Did watched you that see whole it? thing happen. Did yes. you see what happened? Why? Are the know. feminist gods mad at us? I'm so I'm scared. It's the patriarchy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Donahues. They're mad. Oh my god. At like nothing influenced that to fall over on its own. Okay. Well, okay. So anyway, so they make a joke out of this toxic masculinity sort of situation. And Bunny comes out to ask for some hot chocolate. 
And because the Donahues are now all completely wasted and have been taught by Bill Maher what to do when they see a woman, they physically assault her. Yeah. And there's literally a joke that Margot says. They tried to gang rape Bunny. And then Bill Maher goes, gang rape? I didn't know they had it in them. And it's like, that's wow. Yeah, it's that's an inappropriate reaction to this. <laughs> like, you literally taught them to be violent rapists mm-hmm. and to see women as there for your pleasure. And, like, I understand that they're not condoning it, but they're making a joke of it, which I think is almost as bad. Yeah. And at this point, too, I think, doesn't Margot start to kind of lose her shit a little bit? She go- she gets Yeah, she's little- getting hungry. She's, she's getting, getting hungry. real hungry. <laughs> she needs a Snickers. Um, she, yeah, but like ravenous, like she's, she starts yes. looking at Jim like, I'm going to eat you. Correct. And I th- does he say that, I'm trying to remember if he said this line or if I just wrote it down because that's what I took from the scene. But um, losing your mind because you're on your period. Oh, yes. He does say it, right? He does say that. That was triggering for me because one of my exes. Whenever I would get emotional in an argument, would be like, "Are you on your period?" And I'd just be like, "Oh my god, that has nothing to do with no, this." It like, really does not. It might mean that I cry more than normal, but my feelings are still valid. Mm-hmm. I would still have these feelings if I wasn't on my period. It's just maybe I cry a little easier. Although I would say the ravenous want of food kind of does sure. coincide with period. I will give them that, but um. It was a little funny that she was starting to act like she's now yeah, in she- this. She's in the area at which the cannibalism could, you know, sneak in. She's starting to see the the benefits yeah. of maybe just killing Bill Maher and eating him. Yep, but and Dyson. Conveniently, at this time, now the Piranha women come to their camp and basically take them back to their headquarters question yeah, mark a very they have a compound yeah a very well established looking castle compound um, yes area it's like a concrete building like they have a campus of piranha women it seemed kind of like a lab like I, it felt kind of like a a biochemist like one of those well, they didn't have like equipment or anything but it was no it was definitely... just like the outside it just seemed like this fortress if you will. Yeah. I think compound is the word that sticks in my brain. Yeah. It seems like a, like not even military, but just like. Basically, it's not a official. jungle hut. It's, it's a fucking building. No. Yeah, it's a building. Correct. Yeah. So apparently, Dr. Kurtz, who was sent on the initial mission, is not dead. No. She is the empress of the piranha women somehow. They've elected her in some sort of democratic process, I guess, or she made herself the empress. It's unclear. Given the other women that we were kind of introduced to, I feel like she was easily able to just be like, I'm going to just take over you guys. Right. She's like, I'm queen here now. Thank you. So Dr. Kurtz basically tells them, okay, so this is the real story. There's no avocado shortage. All the government wants is to eradicate this piranha woman tribe. And they want to send them to Miami because they're going to get them set up with subscriptions to Cosmo and cosmetics and all this other, you know, water aerobics. (laughs) Like humanize them. Right. They're trying to indoctrinate them into the system of the patriarchy so that they stop ritual sacrificing men and just be doting respectful women. So she's kind of making it seem like 
I'm leading this holy war of men versus women. Come join me. You know, we're going to fucking fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. And Margot's kind of like, okay, well. We can go I about don't... this in another way. Yeah, like, I don't really agree that it has to be men versus women. Like, we can probably try to work together. But it's really like a join or die situation here. Yeah. So Dr. Kurt says, you can join us, but in order to do so, you will have to ritual sacrifice a man. So they introduce her to Jean-Pierre. Right? Gorgeous man. Yeah. Yes, very good looking man. And she is obviously like, Well, I don't I don't want to kill this guy. And I was a little disappointed because part of their ritual is that they have sex with the men before they ritual sacrifice them. Yeah. And I thought that sex was gonna be a little bit more prevalent in this movie and nobody has sex so yeah i was i mean especially after right out the gate we see boobs I right was like oh wait we're, we're maybe we're gonna get some like raunchy shit yes. happening in the jungle and we we don't and it would have been a really good opportunity to show some like feminist sexual angles you right. know some dominant women sub-dom. some cunnilingus happening yeah that would be uh, you know fantastic. pleasuring women so but no we don't but they and i mean they do have to cater to the sacrifice e the night before right yes they serve them they bring them dinner whatever whatever they it's weird they kind of like humanize them which i feel like is right before they kill them yeah it's very rude yeah so Margot finally is like yeah i fuck this i'm not doing it and bunny is like i want to do it because i want one of their cute little outfits So again, Bunny has not learned anything. We're like an hour into the movie at this point, and it's like, what are like what is happening? Yeah, and Doctor Kurtz is kind of like, well, I need, I want somebody to do this. So yeah, sure. Right, and she's like, you can do it, but your sacrifice has to be Jim. And Jim is like, well, that's great news because Bunny would never sacrifice me. And then Bunny's like, okay, sure, fine, sounds good. So Jean Pierre manages to break out of his enclosure wherever the hell they're keeping them mm-hmm. and helps Margot escape the compound so Margot is running away and she's rescued by more women in tribal clothing a different color and, though to differentiate them because they are bar- the barracuda women, women. <laughs> it's still a species of fish that's the thing like they're different tribes they're warring tribes but they're both still fe- species of aggressive fish aggressive just, fish which you, I, I, I mean and maybe just, that was the point i think that was i was just gonna say i think that might have been the point but <laughs> their biggest qualm with the piranha women is um they prefer to eat their men with clam dip as opposed to guacamole correct that's that's the argument there i really loved the way that they set this up because they're giving margo the backstory they used to be one tribe thousands of years ago it seems so is, serious yeah yeah <laughs> And they they were like, we split over this fundamental disagreement on how to handle the whole men situation. And Margo's like, oh, great. So, like, what was the problem? And they were like, well, you know, we think men should be eaten with clam dip, right? Like, because we're not fucking idiots. And she's just like, oh. what? Yeah. <laughs> You're both idiots, kind of. And she's like, there, there's a better way. And, like, <laughs> nobody has to eat them, whatever. But she convinces them to help her come back to the Piranha Women camp with her to try to get them to work together, but also because she has to now free Bunny and Jim. Mm -hmm. 
So they help her break into the compound. She finds Dr. Kurtz's field notes, which are actually the outline for a book. And once again, I'm like not really sure why this is a thing. Like, wasn't it enough that she was like doing this on her? Like they make it they make it about her doing this book so that she would have an experience to write about and present when she Mm. does her press tours and stuff. And it's like, who cares? It's this whole thing with David Letterman. That was the (laughs) tangent she goes on to then in turn sacrifice herself because she She suicides herself in the piranha pit. (laughs) Yeah. There's a sentence I didn't think I'd say. (laughs) Right? And that piranha pit was gross. I mean, we didn't get Mm. to see anything gross, but the fact that that's what it was. Like one false step, you're done. Right. Yeah. I mean, the watercolor was kind of great. It looked coppery looking. It was not the best it was an unnatural kind of color yeah yeah but um yeah she goes on a whole rant about how she was just extremely stressed about like again the press tour she have to do and letterman gave her a hard time it was very strange right she's like you don't know what it's like i don't want to go back with a book about male insensitivity and i'm like honestly like that's probably true but not enough to stay in the fucking jungle and eat men right like i don't think that was a necessary sort of like subplot to her already subplot Mm -hmm. but whatever so also at this time bunny's sacrifice ritual begins and margot had given jim the hot tip to start humming bolero so that (laughs) it will change her mind about wanting to kill him not only does it change her mind she's decided she's in love with him Mm -hmm. and she's like i can't kill him i love him and it's like, what, what is happening? It's so, been a day, right? I think it's been like it's a day. Maybe two, because they do have the overnight. Oh, right. The there is the overnight. Uh, technically Oh, and with nights. the Donahues. Yeah, two. Okay. All so right, it's fine. been maybe, maybe, yeah, three to five days. So then this is when Margot appears and she's challenging Dr. Kurtz for the title of Empress, I guess. And they have the lamest fight in history, potentially because they start with these spears and they like tap them and they're like they're mostly talking Uh they're verbally sparring and they're just kind of like swatting at each other and then they switch to fencing blades at one point and then make better sense yes but also like they look like fencing blades which are not actually sharp or like intended to run people through (laughs) like a sword but that's what happens because Margot eventually catches Dr. Kurtz off guard and she just like stabby stabs her with it Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I have in my notes Margot hitting her where it hurts her academic writing (laughs) but (laughs) because they're (laughs) they're just sparring back and forth about like their accomplishment whatever yeah so this is when they're talking about David Letterman and Kurtz admits to exploiting the piranha women, but she was so traumatized by the David Letterman appearances, so, like, that's fine, I guess. But she has enough regrets and, like, sadness about the situation that she does suicide herself in the piranha pit. So Margot leaves the barracuda women and the piranha women at the point of which they're, like... Here's some ideas for working together, like have weekly meetings or whatever. Don't stop sacrificing men. But honestly, the tribes make no promises and they're just like, yeah, we'll try it out. And like, like, see you soon, kind of. Yeah, like they're going to come back and visit. There's no (laughs) there's no commitment to like not killing people anymore. No violence. Like I have no faith that these women are converted in any way, shape or form. But fine. Like, why should they be? Right. Who's going to stop them? So. They leave the jungle and Margot goes straight to Miami, (laughs) 
where the government agents are waiting for the piranha women to arrive so they could start indoctrinating them. And Margot is like, I know what you guys are up to. Y'all are assholes. And I will go on David Letterman and expose mm-hmm. you. David Letterman getting like unintended. So much, so much uh, promo uh-huh. in this movie. I wonder if he even knows about it or knew. He's about probably it. a secret donor. Mm. So she says she'll expose them on Letterman if they don't agree to make a generous funding donation to the university. So like everything's fine with that. And then we jump a little bit into the future. And this is when we were talking about earlier. Bunny pops in. She's in her wedding dress. Yep. And she's like. She climbs through the window. Um, <laughs> the smallest window of the school. Right. There has to have been a door somewhere. I would think. So she basically asked Margot for permission to abandon feminist studies and all studies in general. To go marry Jim. Yeah, to marry Jim. And she kind of asked, like, I didn't want to disappoint you. And then, like. Right. You know, she's like, you're not disappointing me. It's your choice. Like, that's the whole point of this is that it's what, you know. Right. Which is the correct message. Yeah. But again, like, we've been kind of shitting on Bunny this whole time. And then even, I think, I don't know if I misunderstood this. Margot says something like, you know, I really usually would encourage students to, like, stay in school and get an education. But here I really don't see the point. And I thought that that was a dig at Bunny's intelligence. A big dig. A big dig. And I was like. I was like, holy shit, And bitch. also kind like, of saying, like, you'd probably be better off with Jim. Like, in a way, right. like... Right, like... You're, you're like, too dumb, like, you're smart... You're too dumb to do anything here. <laughs> you're too dumb to be at school, but you're the right amount of dumb to marry Jim, so go. Yeah, go, exactly. Go marry Jim. Like, this is the best your life is ever going to be. It was so rude and so insulting, and, like... That, and again, so, like... But that's the problem, too, because, obviously... Cutting... Right over Bunny's head, too. Like, I right. mean... Right. Yeah. She's not upset about it. She's not offended. But like, this is another thing, like cutting other women down is not a positive example of feminism. So this movie is just like, I wrote the place. Literally, this is the weirdest take on feminism I've ever seen. It's so bizarre. Because it flip flops the entire time. Yes. And then the next thing we see is Jean-Pierre has followed, (laughs) followed Margot to university and is in her classes and He's like, oh, I like registered for the classes you told me to. And she's like, great. And implied that like they might bone. And it's like, well, that's an unprofessional situation too. Like, Yeah, now you're boning your student. <laughs> feminism aside, like what is going on? So, But does that mean she's cured? Cured of what, Dawn? Her answer carefully. <laughs> well, I'm just saying her issues that she has. Her feminism? She's cured of her feminism? No. <laughs> Her issues, her issues, <laughs> what her emotional issues, her of, emotional like, being afraid to be in a relationship. Correct. I mean, I didn't get the impression that they were in a relationship. I got the impression that they were in a relationship. In a relationship. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's a stepping stone for maybe said changes that she can make. I don't know. I don't have high hopes for Margot. I don't have high hopes for Bunny. I think everybody in this movie is going to be unhappy. In yeah. their lives. <laughs> nothing. There's Except nothing. for maybe Jim, because Jim is too stupid to be unhappy. That's true. And he's a white man, so he'll be fine. Yeah, and I'm sure the piranha women and the um, barracuda women will join forces. I'm sure they again. went right back to their ritual sacrifice and their, like, blood rivalry. Like, I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're doing fine in the jungles of Southern California that totally exist. So that was the movie. <laughs> yeah, the cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. 
Now, let me tell you. So did you do any research I before just, I jumped the, in? The only thing I saw that I thought was kind of fucking wild was the actress who played Dr. Kurtz. Mm-hmm. Um, she was only, a scream queen, right? I think so, yes. And she they can only afford to pay her for one day. <laughs> so she did all of her shit. All of her scenes? One day. She ended, That's yeah, hilarious. Says, ended up doing 17 pages of dialogue in a day. Oh, my God. So I found that interesting because it's like, well, wow. This might go hand in hand with that because I found out that this movie was shot in two weeks. Wow. So that makes so sense then. one day out of two weeks is honestly like a, a lot. A lot. <laughs> they, they got her for a lot. Also proves, you know, they're going to pay for her instead of a hippo, which makes sense, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I mean... It's like a weird comparison. To but I mean, in terms of You're more of valuable budget, to the movie instead of a hippo. Which is a good thing, but also Absolutely. It's, it's still, a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to see immediately upon the movie finishing was if this movie was written and or directed by a woman. Because I think that would have helped me understand a little bit more of the decisions. Okay. But of course, it was not. It was written and directed by a man. And it is the same man who wrote the screenplay for Pretty Woman. Oh, that's... Which is interesting. Very. Because as kind of a random, like, side note to that, I mean, I think, do you know this? Because I've read this on, like, multiple BuzzFeed lists at this point, but that Pretty Woman had a different ending originally, and it was, like, yeah. it had a different title. It was a lot darker. She doesn't end up with Richard Gere in the end. Like, it's all kind of, like... Wasn't there a death involved? Dark and depressing. I think so. She might die in the end. She might die in the end. I think so. So that's the original script written by the man who wrote the script for this movie. And obviously they changed it for Pretty Woman. And so I think it's very telling for me. And like if you go and you look at this guy's Wikipedia page, he writes a lot initially in his early career about women being abused murdered, mistreated, etc. So I find it interesting that he took on this project and it makes me wonder how serious his attempts to help the feminist movement were. Maybe I don't know. Well, this was 89, right? And Pretty Woman was what? 90 90. Oh. This so you think this 90. was the beginning of This couldn't have been 89 then. It is. It is? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he was busy. <laughs> he was busy. So I wonder if that was the start of his trying to <laughs> make amends. Make amends. Well, the interesting thing now, so I read another BuzzFeed article a couple of days ago, <laughs> which was like Julia Roberts was being interviewed and she said that she and the director made up a lot of the script on the spot because it changed from that first draft. And so they didn't really have a second draft when they started filming the movie. Mm -hmm. So I find it interesting that this guy gets so much credit for it because she's basically saying like, nah, I wrote it myself or like, you know, we ad-libbed a lot of it. So like he didn't even really write the script that got all the accolades. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I don't trust this guy. I think he's slimy. He hasn't done much since the 90s, though. That's for sure. No, yeah, he's kind of faded out there. And then my only other fun fact here is that Shannon Tweed was a Playboy Playmate of the Year. So, like, it's kind of ironic that she is in this role of being, like, a stuffy, uptight feminist professor when, you know, she was showing her boobies to everybody in real life. And that was part of the satire, I believe. But Yeah, I do love her, though. 
yeah, she was she was good. Like the acting was decent. I'll say. Yeah, it wasn't. But I mean, for again, what it was, the time it was made, it, it did its job. Yeah. But it was. Uh, it was interesting. Like, I was. Yeah, I don't think it does anything super great for feminism. But no, it's a good thing they're not showing it in feminist classes, studies classes. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe watch it on Valentine's Day or something. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was. That was that. That that adventure. <laughs> so, as you know, we had to shift everything. So, February is going to be a little off. And Sorry, I was ill. Lisa was ill, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, so February will be a little off, but we'll figure that out. But yeah, you know where to find us and follow us and keep an eye out for all of the cool stuff. Is there anything you would like to add? Yes, January 18th is Winnie the Pooh Day. Oh man, so... it sucks we didn't do the Winnie the Pooh for Love and Honey or whatever that was. Or Blood and Honey, my, my... I've read so many bad things about that. And the second like, one's coming out that soon. Movie. Well, missed opportunity. <laughs> Can't go back. Can't go back. January 18th is also Women's Healthy Weight Day, so... Okay. Everybody, appreciate your bodies. Don't get caught up in the diet culture. And as long as you're healthy, you're beautiful. Yep. And just don't eat men because that'll affect your Yeah. And let's start a poll on Twitter. Would you eat male beef jerky with clam dip or guacamole? What's your preference? Yep. I'll get that on there. Are you team barracuda or team piranha? (laughs) So until next time.